Welcome back, my fellow creatives, to Story Cuppings, where we take a sip from a brew of fiction, be it indie, be it mainstream, be it spooky, be it silly, be it whatever, whatever mood we're in around here, and, and to see if it suits the tastes of picky readers and working writers like yourself. Now, this month, because we are in the month of November, and this is a time to show gratitude and uh, thankfulness for our blessings, I definitely want to return to sharing the indie authors who have blessed me through the years, who have given me so much support, so much encouragement, uh, their ideas, their advice, and I just, I want to keep sharing them with you. And this week I have the wonderful Anne Claire, who's uh, got a new book out and I wanted to dive right in and take a sip with you here. Why do I keep saying dive and sip? You can't dive into a teacup. Maybe I just keep thinking of like Tex Avery cartoons, you know, where they dive into the little cup of water and they just manage to fit. Maybe that's why. Anyway, uh, the book is Where Shall I Flee? This is a World War II historical fiction novel. And I'm really excited to tuck into this with you because Anne has a gift for bringing the past into reality. And yes, this is fictional. It's not like she's basing this on actual people, but the realm itself, the world itself, the time period itself, it's very concrete around you. So let's see how Anne does that as we look through the opening pages of Where Shall I Flee? I almost wanted to say the book title to her first book. And then I was like, no, wait, Whom Shall I Fear is her first book. And it is wonderful. And I highly recommend it because it's got a great balance between front lines and home front. And I love that because you get a sense of the life again of that period. But Where Shall I Flee is taking place in a different theater. I know that. So let us find out what it was like in the Italian theater, World War II, through Where Shall I Flee. Prologue. February 24th, 1944. Blood flowed warm over Jean's hand as her eyes slid closed. Leroy's voice called as if through deep water. She couldn't answer, couldn't force her mouth open. A shiver racked her heavy limbs. This must be what going into shock feels like. An arm slipped under her shoulders. Leroy's voice cut through, pulling her back. Jean? Jeannie, you gotta wake up, Jeannie. She tried again to respond. Leroy? After everything, it can't end like this. But the world around her dissolved into hazy gray. Straining to find thought, she offered one last prayer. God, please, if this is the end, forgive me. I'm so sorry. I was so angry and proud, and I'm so sorry. Darkness swallowed her. That's the end of the prologue. Get a little shiver here. Speaking of shivers, and and just a couple, you know, key notes. The fact that we first open with blood flowing. Now this is a war, again wartime novel. The concept of blood being our first sight shouldn't 
be out of the ordinary for us as readers or writers. I mean, this is a very, this quickly establishes we are not in a safe place. 1944, sorry, also gives us a sense of our time. This is later in the war, but things are still intense. We also have a sense that we are dealing with two characters here, not just one, and one of them is female. Now, female soldiers are still pretty rare, but we can under, we also know through our history lessons that we hopefully get still in schools today, it's hard to tell, um, that there were women on the front lines as far as, well, in hospitals, in, um, in helping with administration, uh, and Anne is probably going to want to uh, give me an F because I don't sound like I know what I'm talking about with war because it's been a while since I was in a history class, Anne. I'm sorry, but <laughs> but we do know that women had, while they were not fighting alongside men as soldiers, they were still doing a lot in the wartime effort, and that includes in. Uh, being in very dangerous places, especially if you were, were in medicine, if you were a nurse. Um, and so here it sounds like our uh, female protagonist already has an injury and something, you know, is happening to her because of this injury. And yet it's not like she is crying out really for help. She is praying for forgiveness something has happened what does she need to be forgiven for the fact that she's saying i was so angry and proud such emotions often lead to doing terrible things and as a reader i am wondering wait what would she do what'd she do what did she mess up and and as a writer that's just enough foreshadowing to hint at without going overboard because we don't want to dump it all right away. We want our readers to move forward. And that's the thing. Prologues can be a risky business because sometimes the prologue ends up just being a big exposition dump. We don't want to do that. This prologue is, I'll say, two and a half paragraphs long. It's just enough with very visual details and also some very emotional details to get a clear sense of danger, of problems, of inner conflict. Because as far as I, I can tell, there is no conflict between Leroy and Jeannie, but there's clearly a conflict within Jean herself. But what got us there? I don't know. I guess we'll have to keep going. Now, the date for the prologue said February 24th, 1944. Part uh, 1, Chapter 1, is February 9th, 1944. So we have traveled back in time a little bit, but not that far. So whatever goes down takes place in February in a relatively quick, and over the course of two weeks. So my math. Okay, let's dive into this chapter. Jean Hoff fixed her eyes on the dark horizon, the LST's narrow railing digging into her palms. Gulping breaths of sharp, salty air, she tried to ignore the way the deck rolled under her feet. 
Oh, I should have known better than to eat so much before we embarked. If they hadn't kept talking about how it was the last decent meal we're going to get for a while. She tightened her lips. Closing her eyes, she tried to imagine that she was out fishing walleye with Grandad in his little motorboat. The wind was a chilly precursor to a summer thunderstorm. The tossing waves were ripples on Elbow Lake. Imagination failed. Grandad's boat would never survive waves of this size. The cold wind rushing past her pushed back the stink of the ship. Mingled scents of gasoline and closely crowded humans. But it wasn't anything like the cool breezes through the pines. The ship lurched over another swell then dropped, leaving her stomach behind. Swallowing hard, she gripped the rail into her hand until her hands ached. Can't ever imagine away the facts, can you, Jean? You okay, doll? Jean opened her eyes to slits. One of the men had materialized out of the night. Sympathetic grins stretched under a helmet that looked too big for his long, freckled face. She said nothing. Just stared down at him. Sometimes it paid to be too tall. <laughs> letting her eyebrows slowly rise. His grin wilted. Adjusting his helmet, he shuffled past with a muttered, Never mind, Lieutenant, and disappeared into the dark. Turning her gaze back to the horizon, Jean pursed her lips. Am I going to have to stare down every guy in the army? You'd think eventually they'd get the hint. It almost made her consider returning to her bunk below. Almost. If it weren't for the stench of the other nurse's vomit that had driven her topside. I'm going to pause just for a moment here. Um, we are getting lots of excellent sensory details packed in through the experience of our protagonist. This is something I've always liked when writers do this, is that we are becoming uh we are introduced to the world not through being told what it is but experiencing it with a character and because clearly Jean is new to sailing on a ship of this size in the ocean i mean she tries to equate it with fishing on a lake but it ain't happening um but because this, so the, this is new to her there, and it is also new to us as the readers. So experiencing it through her allows Anne to, Anne Claire, our writer, sorry, uh, to get into very specific sensory details um, that will immerse us as readers without feeling like we're reader, uh, and as a writer then feeling like we're not going to be wasting our readers time telling them what this feels like or showing them what this feels like i should say she does you know give us a sense of what uh, this gene hoff is up against when one soldier tries to just treat her as a doll and then he just kind of mumbles her rank at her while he leaves um so we're already getting a sense of what this female characters up against um i mean yeah i i am hoping she doesn't have to stare down every guy in the army but who knows let's dive back in and see what else she experiences here on these first few in this first chapter
The deck dropped and the bile rose in her throat. Squeezing her eyes shut, she swallowed it down along with the irritation. What was the point of getting upset? He'd gone and she was blessedly alone. As alone as she could be on this tub. <clears throat> A warm arm bumped her elbow. Her eyes snapping open, she turned, ready to tell whomever it was to back off. But it was just Stan. With a sigh, she relaxed until he spoke. You sure like scaring him off, don't you, Jeannie? Her stomach soured further. Ah, oh, swell, he saw. She shrugged, and the boat heaved again, giving her an excuse to keep her eyes fixed on the horizon. Undeterred, Stan leaned against the rail next to her, wind whipping his salt and pepper hair back to, from his lean-lined face. You know, it might be better to go on the other side of the boat. Wind to your back. Unless you want a face full when it comes up. Oh, I'm sorry, I misread that. Unless you want a face full when it comes up. There, face full. Because the puke in the wind you see. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> the thing about reading this cold. All right. She risked opening her mouth to answer. I'm trying not to throw up, Stan. Mm -hmm. Good luck. Pulling a deep breath in through her nose, she imagined the salt air cleansing her lungs. She spared him a glance. Don't the waves bother you? Stan shrugged. 20 years of surgery leaves you with a strong stomach. He pulled out his pipe and tapped it on the rail, looking up and considering the strength of the wind. So, what'd that boy do to earn your ire? Trying to sound calm, professional, she answered. He called me Doll. Oof! Stan grinned. From the look on your face, I figured he'd try to pull something worse. Come on, think that fly with any of the male officers? He snorted. No, I don't suppose so, but then I don't think doll is really an apt description for me. Handsome, maybe, but... Not feeling like giving him a courtesy laugh, she refocused on the rolling gray sea. He's brand new. A little touchy, aren't you? Her shoulders stiffened, a wave of heat replacing the sick feeling in her belly. He's enlisted. She bit out the words. I'm an officer. He might as well learn to keep that straight from the get-go. Besides, I'm not in the mood to have some guy I've never met. I suppose, he spoke over her, it isn't your never mind that that boy could be all shot up in a few hours. A little kindness. She ignored him. Come on to me. I'm here. Oh, that's, he, he speaks over her. So he's, I, I apologize. I'm reading this like they're interrupting one another. He speaks over her and she's saying that, you know, I'm not in the mood to have some guy I've never met come on to me. So she ignores him, ignores this doctor who is trying. And as a female, I can agree with Jean on this one. You know, it, so you know be a little nice he might die soon but it's like what is she supposed to do <laughs> so i agree with G <clears throat> sorry i agree with gene hoff on this i am here to be a nurse not a flirt and i'm a darn good one you know i am 
Yeah. So the doctor just can't go, well, they might all die. No, that doesn't give them an excuse. Goodness sakes. Okay. Sorry. A little bit of social commentary in there on my part. My apologies. <laughs> all right. Sure. No complaints on your work. Socially, though, he twirled his pipe through his long fingers. Your major said there'd be some friction. What? Have you been checking up on me? You've got no business. If I don't, who does? My point is, if you can be civil in the OR, that's work. But it's been four months since I shipped over, and I'm tired of the skirt-chasing wolf-whistling. I thought that the ring might have at least been a deterrent. She gripped the rail a little tighter. That shut his mouth. With a look down at her hand, at the little diamond winking even in the dim light, Stan heaved a sigh and turned to stare out at the horizon. Remembering Joe, just like she was. The silence didn't last long. It never did with Stan. He shook his head and reached over to give her a shoulder a squeeze. I know, I know. But it wouldn't hurt if you didn't stare daggers at every little comment, especially when the boy was probably just trying to be nice. If any of them really do get fresh, well, they'll learn that this old dog still has some teeth. But until that time, teams work better when they work together, Jeannie. Jean. He tucked the, type, the pipe into his pocket. If we're going to be that way, maybe I should just call you lieutenant. You were always genie to me, kid. I'm not hanging around the surgery and pigtails anymore. Oh, I'll just pause it here because I know we're almost out of time. We got we got a lot in that conversation. I dig that. We have a sense that, you know, our female protagonist is not alone on this voyage. She still feels that way clearly because she is engaged and her fiance clearly is not present. So no, it's not a surprise then that she would feel more reactive to come-ons from any other male on the ship and that she's going to be very defensive. But she does have a mentor, which means she's not completely alone. And it sounds like she is forgetting that at times because he is not this uh, mentor, doctor, surgeon guy, Stan, is not completely agreeing with her choice of just uh, aggressively reacting to anybody who is, you know, calling her doll. And again, I'm on Jean with this one because I wouldn't want anybody to do that to my kid, let alone me. But at the same time, there is the valid point that she cannot be reacting to everyone with an extreme aggressive response. Especially when it's not going to always be called for. It's, I mean, Grant, yeah, again, I'm with her on the doll thing. But if someone just would say, you know, hey, nice day that we're having, it sounds, it almost sounds like she would react the same way if just someone said hello, which is not cool. So clearly our Jean Hoff character, she's got some growing to do. And it sounds like she's already got a little bit of a chip on her shoulders because the surgeon does know her went from her childhood. Um, 
but now she is trying to prove that she's capable. And while he does believe in her skills, it's evident that the fact that he was bringing up his childhood, you know, his name for her when she was a child, that she perceives that he does not see her really as fully grown up yet. She is grown up. She's engaged and she's a professional. And it feels like the one man, the one ally she has on this ship right now still doesn't quite see her that way. And in that sense, then she is alone. And that's a bum place to be on a boat with soldiers on your way to battle. Well, I dig what I'm reading so far, and I hope you do too, my little inserts and interruptions aside. Um, there's a lot to learn from Anne. And I really hope you enjoy reading more of her book. Uh, Where Shall I Flee is now available. Um, I have interviewed Anne in the past, and I'm really hoping I can interview her again soon. If these blasted finals could just get graded and be done. So just stay tuned. I'm, I'm excited to share some more indie authors and hopefully line up some more interviewee things on my website, Jean Lee's World. And just keep sharing the creative spirits that are so very dear to me, to you. And yeah, please recommend if there is an indie author you feel should be heard here please let me know. I would love to keep reading and spreading the word because that's, that's how we grow as both readers and writers is just sharing. Share on my fellow creatives. Cheers. <laughs>